Hi, welcome to Break the Mold with Anwen Stickerhoffs, episode three. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Lynn of Light of Expression, who is a fellow NLP practitioner. And we're going to discuss polyamory and consensual non-monogamy. So I hope you enjoy You know, how do we maintain some sort of relationship um, that can go outside of those those boundaries or outside of what was modelled to us um, growing up? So yeah. the concepts were first introduced to me when I was 15 um, and um, <clears throat> initially hearing them, it just didn't sound, um, it sounded logical in the application, but I wasn't, under- I didn't understand at the time how I would apply that internally and within myself i was just like yep that makes a lot of sense because i um am a very free person and um and, and it made a lot of sense to me um i like to challenge a lot of beliefs and systems and things like that in naturally <laughs> so i'm an inquisitive yeah. person um so that that kind of um was sort of the seed really Hi, welcome to Break the Mold. My name's Anwen Steckerhoffs. Thanks for listening. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, the Shaja Wurrung of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging that hold the memories, traditions and cultures of Aboriginal peoples. This is Aboriginal land. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Today I'm going to interview Lynn um, and she is part of the polyamorous community and she's going to just talk about her story. So hi Lynn, how are you today? Hi Owen, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Um, I'm excited to share a little bit. It's been so, like quite a long, long journey for me. Um, navigating ethical non-monogamy and polyamory um so yeah um just trying to find a place to start or do i start here and work backwards oh. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess yeah um i guess the first time i was introduced to the concepts of non-monogamy um was when i was 15. Okay. i um was in a relationship and um we had talked about what happens if we wanted to have other experiences outside of that relationship and um you know does that mean that our relationship has to end and all of those sorts of those sorts of questions because that was the normal of what had been modeled to us and um my partner uh had witnessed his family divorce and break up and things like that so i i think that's sort of what opened up his concepts and perceptions around well that's not always a functional way to have a relationship um you know how do we maintain some sort of relationship um that can go outside of those those boundaries or outside of what was modeled to us um growing up so the concepts were first introduced to me when i was 15 um and um 
initially hearing them, it just didn't sound, um, it sounded logical in the application, but I wasn't, under, I didn't understand at the time how I would apply that internally and within myself. I was just like, yep, that makes a lot of sense because I um, am a very free person and, um, and and it made a lot of sense to me. Um, I like to challenge a lot of beliefs and systems and things like that in naturally. <laughs> so I'm an yeah. inquisitive person. Um, so that, that kind of um, was sort of the seed really that planted that. Um, I spent, um, I'm still with that partner. Um, we actually are married, um, but we don't live together anymore. Um, yeah, but we've been together 23 years and over those 23 years, um, our relationship started off as more of an open dynamic. Um, and then it's kind of transitioned and morphed, um, as I have grown and he's grown and, and um, life has taken its course. So, um, oh, just trying to think like significant timelines on how I would, yeah. <laughs> now I would go through that. So um, when you say um, you don't actually live in together in a place, what made you decide to do that? Okay, so um, so we lived together for um, since we were like teenagers. Um, we operated like an open relationship in that sense um, where we were free to interact uh, sexually outside of the relationship and also um, explore things if it was there. But for a long time, I didn't action any of that because I was having all my needs met and I was content in those areas. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, um, I'm also pansexual. So I have attraction to other people, like other genders as well. So yeah. it, it, it um, In the exploration of myself yeah. and over those years, uh, I found that it was difficult for me to separate emotional intimacy and um, sexual intimacy. Yeah. Um, and I realised even without the sexual intimacy, um, I would form int intimate emotional relationships with people and, yep. you know, become attached and or form attachments to each other and we would have relationships so it the model of having the open relationship to to explore sexually didn't really fit um what we were practicing yeah. uh, it was then that we started that <clears throat> i was told about polyamory and um and that made sense to me um in the terms of what was happening and what I was experiencing because of the emotional attachments and the things that was happening with the people that I was encountering. And I was less um, obliged to just, you know, because um, I went through a period, we, you know, tried swinging and things like that, just like the sexual exploration, yeah. which is great and fun. And, and, and um, you know, and I, it helped me to heal a lot of the old programming of, you know, romantic love being the most, important and you know one true love right. and all those yeah. sorts of things in terms of how it encapsulates sexual intimacy and uh, emotional and romantic intimacy together so um that was very healing for me <clears throat> in that but <clears throat> once i realized what was happening emotionally and i we talked about uh, polyamory and the idea of having multiple loving relationships not always romantic but yeah. um free to be able to grow and uh, organically within those it started to trigger um, a lot of my um mental health and um like emotional like attachment sort of stuff yes. like really yes. early 
um, early childhood sort of things. Um, so it was a really big catalyst and a vehicle for my self growth. Yeah. And um, and the reason when we started practicing and applying this in our lives, we started realizing that, um, you know, your relationships are your biggest mirrors. And there was yes. lots of things <laughs> that were coming up within our relationship. And we decided um, that it would be most beneficial and healthy for us to de-nest and separate. Yes. So while we could work on the things that were happening in our relationship um, and where and how we were actually relating with other people and things like that and what was best suited for us at the time. So, so it sort of clears um, your mind of it. At that yes. time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really, like I was saying, this, like it's very layered and it's like yes. hard to kind of pinpoint um, uh, it's, um, a timeline because... With that, like, do you think that that's a, like that whole thing about sexuality and, and romantic sort of side of things, do you think that that is um, more predominantly in females, like, as like a process like that 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 it can't be separated or something yeah it's interesting that you say that and i i um from just like my observations i mean i'm not a yeah where I'm, like i don't um i'm not a professional in terms of human behavior yes. um, but just from what i've experienced myself and with friends and in the community and that i think it's kind of cross board um you know but <clears throat> if you look at like how how love is presented to us as children yes. growing up and then through like movies and marketing and things like that, you know, um, we're, we're um, given this, represented this model of the, you know, the shining knight in armour that's going to save you yes. in this romantic yeah. love. And, you know, so it's very, it's very embedded in very, very early young age yeah. of this is how I fulfil my needs. So um, it's, that's what I mean. Like it's, it was such a huge catalyst and vehicle for me to be able to look at my um, my early programming, my attachments. Um, it's been a beautiful place for healing. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so I, I, I feel like um, when we were making the transition, like conscious transition yes. to um, to understand what relating where we were when we started reading more and understanding more about human interaction and ethics and things and we realized that um we were playing out some wounding from our childhoods and things like that right. so um yeah for us to be able to um keep relating in the way that we wanted to in a healthy way and, and with our other other connections as well we need you know it, it brought us back to ourselves because i believe as <clears throat> The way you relate to yourself is how you relate to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I feel like if I did a if I did an illustration and did a timeline and like put significant events in there, there would be so many like different tangent stories of things that I could like go off on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. been a very it's it's been a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And so um as so with that like in mind like um that was kind of like a physical boundary wasn't it um like moving into just separate places um are there other yeah boundaries well, within like their rules yeah. within that because um i was listening to oh. esther perel about this and she was talking to a couple that had decided to do to be become polyamorous and so she said, you've come from an institution of marriage to the institution of polyamory. So um, 
there's still rules, isn't there? You still have to follow yeah, some kind love, of boundaries. I love that because um, this is a personal re revelation that I've had recently as well. Um, not recently, but yeah. Um, that's it. When I first was introduced to the concept of non-monogamy, it was just an option other than monogamy. Yeah. It wasn't just to adopt another set of framework. And the journey that I've had since, and I'm 39 this year, so since being 16 years old until now, the journey that I've had is, is learning and transitioning through different frameworks. And the reason why I love the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, um, I mean, they're all labels. They're all yes. things that they're framework. Um, yes. And I've spent those those years navigating through different frameworks and trying different things on and seeing which one feels right for me uh, personally. The reason why I identify more so as solo polyamorous at the moment um, is because it was a, the it was about autonomy for me and independence and you know like kind of um, disconnecting from that institution of. Um, monogamy even though we didn't have the same beliefs about monogamy we lived that way to a degree um, within our own framework so yeah it is definitely a um, it's like do you want to how do you if someone says that they're they're interested in opening up their marriage or their relationship or whatever you're like where do you start yeah. you know how do you how do you um how do you navigate that yeah and you like that's the thing you don't want to just take one set of rules and then take another so um in the very beginning pardon me so I had, there were you really um, have subsets to, of rules yeah i really have to listen to each yeah. individual's um requirements needs yeah yeah and learning a lot about the difference between rules and boundaries uh that was a um a very significant learning uh, rules are generally things that you would give to somebody else or you would set within the parameters and there's real no choice whereas a boundary is something that you apply to yourself um so yeah um and what's acceptable within you so within two people um you know that that's less information because there's only two people you need to consider but when you're having multiple different connective relationships and then each person mm -hmm. would have their own set subset of you know um values as well as their boundaries yes. and things like that so it's a lot of communication is needed to yeah to navigate those sure. things so um i don't um uh, in the deconfiguration of moving away from that monogamous set of thinking um i had to transition through a lot of like the programmed rules or the the um sense of ownership or um um, you know, all those sorts of things to figure out which ones felt secure and safe moving through that. Yeah. 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 So at the moment, like right now, I give myself boundaries and rules. I, um, I don't think I really have any rules about myself. I'm pretty free and flexible. I'm a very fluid person. But I mean, I do have very strong boundaries in the sense of what i what i want for myself and how i will interact with others yeah and um interestingly um i've just been doing master practitioner which you've um completed um and we were just um doing our uh values and so like um one of the things that i've heard in other podcasts is about um like what happens if 
you know, a situation occurs where you have to be drawn away from who you're with in your um, relationship with, you know, a number of people. And so then that would come to those core values, like what's more important here, you know, and so where do you have, like, um, with your partner, you would have um, stronger, um, like, those core values, like you would... Okay, so the way that I would, the way that I map that out in my mind, um, because I understand what you're saying, because it's kind of like hierarchical of needs exactly. and, and where my attention goes and things like that. So um, the only thing that I can quantify really is time. Um, and I have one partner that I've spent the most amount of time with yes. collectively. We do have, and because we've transitioned through different frameworks of relationships, we have in the past, we've had, we have children together and we have had shared finances and things. So at that time, um, you know, depending on where those commitments were, where, where would be where my, my children would be the priority in those, yes. in that aspect, they still are now. Um, but the way that I live and operate from now being solo polyamorous, I'm my own primary partner first. And then, um, and then, and then there's my connections, but I don't, I don't um, see part of the big reason. One of the big reasons why we denested was to try and eliminate some of that underlining couple privilege, um, like that, okay. you know, because of the time that we live together and we spend together and things like that. And um, uh, that was just what was healthy for us at the time. Yeah. Um, whether whether I decide to move in with any of my connections or partners in the future, I may, um, you know, but I 100% know that I want my own bedroom <laughs> and I want some separation in that yeah. and I'm not sure how I'll go moving forward in terms of like whether I'll join financial commitment uh, or not. I know um, quite a lot of people who are solo polyamorous and share a home because in today's day and age, it's quite expensive, yes. as you know, to, yeah. um, to rent and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's an individual, um, I've been in plenty of situations um, where I've been with one partner and their other connection has had something happen. You know, it's as simple as a discussion and really, um, and, under, and knowing, if you're knowing your own boundaries and what's mm. happening, then you'll know whether they're being, you know, like respected or not. And, and, um, and yeah. Well, that's important to know it's, your it's not... know your boundaries to begin with, isn't it? Like, yeah. Maybe some people, yeah, when exactly. they start and off, the... don't know. Oh, I could say that a fair lot of people don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like, a, um, I could, yeah. From what I witness and what I see, and even some people that I've um that I've worked with, um, therapy and coaching, uh, with in terms of relationships and stuff, it's really uh, a lot of self discovery and a lot of self understanding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, understanding who you are, what your needs are, how you meet those needs yourself and how you can, um, you know, meet those within relationships as well in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope I answered that all right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I've transitioned through lots of different dynamics as well. Like I, I, I've been in, like I said, I've had the configuration where I was living with a partner um and we were married but yet he also had a partner and i had other partners so you know like there was different terrain to navigate then um yeah yeah 
Well, I think it wasn't until I had a discussion with you that you suggested that maybe I was polyamorous and I didn't realise <laughs> um, because we have a, a kind of, we have an open relationship, but there are kind of boundaries to that, that, you know, we pay for it. Um, but I always considered polyamorous to be that you had like an emotional attachment to um, like the person, the other, the other people in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what you would try to avoid when you um, pay for somebody. They certainly don't want you to be emotionally attached. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's a, a slightly different dynamic, and, and I didn't know it fitted into that uh, polyamory kind of umbrella. Well, I think that it's more of an ethical non-monogamous umbrella, and there's yes. like lots of subsets under that. Um and um, in my exploration of non-monogamy, I've gone under lots of different spaces, um, you know, in terms of kink, BDSM, swinging, um, you know, uh, polyamory. Um, I, see, the thing is, I like to use relationship anarchists because I feel that you're in a relationship with everybody. You and I are in a yes. relationship right yeah. now, you yeah, know. Um, uh, and um, I feel like... And this is just my own perspective. Yeah. Um, that even if you are, if you can separate the energetics and the whole emotional sense of I can just have sex with somebody, yeah. you know, you can do that. Some people can't, or some people, you know, are demisexual, they need to have an emotional connection before they can interact sexually with somebody. Uh, there are people that are asexual that don't have a sexual connection, don't have that, but have yes. very fulfilling. Uh, emotional, uh, romantic or non-romantic. There's just such a large spectrum of ways to express um, yeah. relationships and love. Um, yeah. So for myself, um, there's just such a gradient of emotion. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 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 So I, and um, at times I feel like I don't fit into the polyamorous label or framework um and other times i do yeah um so i just feel like they're just sort of um they're just sort of an, like a guide yeah a guideline um, yeah 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 because yeah. yeah and, and label you know, maybe i'll create my own <laughs> and yeah exactly yeah and, and labeling is only yeah. as good as it you know is until it isn't <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's it. It's, it's not useful anymore, if you, you know, you, and I don't think... You that, love it, um, embrace it. If you don't, discard it, yeah. Yeah, and there's no better or worse. There's, like, no, you know, um, like, um, I spent time, like, we open relating in terms of swinging and things like that. It was just sexual, and it wasn't bad. It was yeah. just it wasn't fulfilling me in the way that felt yeah. right for me. It doesn't mean that I won't do it again. Yeah. Um, I know um, I have friends that, you know, run facility uh, things like that, um, you know, and um, but it's just, it's more about having the opportunity to choose. Yes, And exactly. have that there and not put, put um, the, the restrictions within myself to say, okay, why am I having these feelings to somebody else? Why am I attracted to somebody else? I'm in a relationship. I should be happy. I should be this. But I am happy and I'm yeah. still fulfilled. Yeah, but I'm also attracted to somebody else, yeah. and I'm also, um, you know, enjoy spending time with other people. Yes, um, it's just yeah. exploring that, isn't it? Like knowing, you know, mm. that you have the opportunity to explore that. 
Yeah, and I think just with my model of the world and the way that I view um, life, my beliefs and consciousness and things like that, it's um, it's a way for me to expand and understand more of who I am and yeah. and who other people are in relation to each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there is a right or wrong and no way of practicing it is better than the other. Like there's, they're all valid. Yeah. Yeah. They're all valid expressions. Absolutely. And, um, so yeah, you talked about your, um, your business and, um, how you've done NLP and hypnotherapy. Um, how has that, um, helped you guide this and with your decisions uh, about in this realm of relationships Um, yeah so um prior to studying nlp and and hypnotherapy and since then i've done my masters in clinical hypnotherapy and things like that before that i had um spent quite a lot of time in um, traditional CBT, DBT, Mm -hmm. um, acceptance, commitment therapy, psychology type therapies, really trying to understand my behavior and why I was doing things and emotions and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and I just really love um, personal development or um, understanding and learning and growing. So um, the more I learned more about myself um, and I was practicing embodiment and, and being, you know, understanding who I was and exploration and all those stuff I come um I was introduced to trainers to Juliet through another program and I'm and I already looked into um NLP earlier and I'm like this was intriguing and understood you know so yeah I eventually went along and um studied that and for myself it was um it was really pivotal because it helped me to understand how I was thinking the yes. structure of how I was thinking and why I was thinking but at the deep levels and really understanding how my thoughts and emotions and, and it's not that the other therapies didn't do that they yes. just did it at a different level yes um so this really helped me to understand what I've been looking for really the whole time since I was 15 like this whole process of um like deconstructing who I was or the the software that I had been downloading as a kid (laughs) and a teenager and you know that I'm constantly doing so learning this has been able to um open up so much more possibility and choice because I understand who I am I um come to a point where I was very very congruent with my feelings and my thoughts it helped me to understand how to um, navigate inwardly so when I would have things come up especially in relationships and life um, how would I meet myself with that? Um, so it's been absolutely um, like amazing. Yes. Um, so in when I work with people that I work with people in all sorts of areas of their life, uh, yes. generally um, they're going from feeling confused and unsafe or like this incongruency within themselves or stuck in their life in some area. Um, but I've done a lot of, um, I've had quite a few clients that come to me that are from the open relating community and um that like they're just trying to understand themselves at a deeper level and that's where we work look at their values and their relationship values and all those sorts of uh, programming because i believe that um you know when you can identify like those deeper rooted 
structures, you it'll make sense on how you're operating and living your day-to-day life. As you know, because you've yes. just experienced <laughs> the first part of your master's. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible because um, people get an understanding of like, okay, well, this is who, I, how, who I've been or who, how I've been working and what do I actually love and what feels good for me and how do I want to implement that. So it's very empowering. It's really open. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it helps people to feel safe within themselves as well because a lot of people that I've, I've worked with, uh, when they're having challenges in their relating, even monogamous people that I've worked with, yes. it's because they're unsure how to communicate and when they have a feeling that comes up that they're not sure about how they be with that, they're not sure how to be with it within themselves. Yeah, so we work true. on creating space and understanding all of those sorts of things and then how do we relate that out with our partners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that leads into That's goal setting too, doesn't it? Like you can, um, yeah. That when you are realigned with your um, values, then you understand where you can go um, with that. Yeah, yeah, and understanding your relationship values is super important too because I, um, when you unpack those, you've got like your deep programming of how you give and receive love, yes. and then you're looking at things like attachment styles and things like secure attachment action anxious attachments and things like that so you get a better understanding of how you feel safe and secure within your own nervous system and your own relationship which helps to validate yourself so you're able to learn how to self-soothe and then you can realize well when things happen in my relationship or any of them and I may get triggered I can self-soothe I can understand and then I can figure out is this something that's within myself or is this an actual thing within the relationship that needs taking action and those stuff so it gives internal space for um you know some critical thought and also a lot of compassion as well because it's um it's quite a ride (laughs) when when you're having those things happen yeah and you're being um activated by multiple different scenarios and things you know there's a lot more variables it's not just one person yes absolutely i feel like yeah i feel it um you're a pro it invites you yeah, it invites you to grow and it also invites you to be more conscious of, of how you who you are. Yeah. Mm. And I've witnessed um, you know, some really beautiful deep healing of of, of people. Um, you know, understanding themselves, but then also the way they relate with their partners. Yeah. And um, you know, and how and how they can see where things may have been out of just out of alignment. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that you mentioned Esther Perel. I um I love her books and I've listened to her podcasts and her interviews and things yeah. and I, I love the way that she really like in meaning captivity, for instance, when she talks about how, you know, we transitioned as a society, you know, living in a tribal sort yes. of thing for safety and security and then moving more into this um, you know, agricultural stage and whatever when we separate and I yes. really feel like um that that has a lot to do with safety and security and attachments and things and I feel like yeah, having so the back then the numerous ability to, to exp- yeah the numerous yeah, people exactly. in the community and were different things for different purposes and then that's right then we, and we, we felt safe made and secure it all into one yeah that's right sharing those sorts of things but now that we're separated a little bit more and we're like more into pair bonding and all of those yes. sorts of things it's like well when you reintroduce the ideas of or the the ideas of like you know 
communal living or, um, you know, or shared relationships and things like that, it rattles the nervous system because it's like, oh, this isn't safe or this isn't what I'm used to or what I've known. So it's like kind of reintroducing that, you know, um, uh, that that communal, you know, and I'm not suggesting that everybody have multiple partners and live no. them together. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it, do, but, yeah. um, it won't work for everyone. I feel that, <laughs> I feel, yeah, that's exactly right. And I, you know, and it's working for me and it's, it's working for me now. And yes, who knows who I'll be in 10 years. That's um, right. Yeah. But I, I really feel like, um, yeah, it just, hmm. I've, I'm, I'm going to pause there because I, I might go off on a tangent. <laughs> okay. And um, how how many children do you have? I have five. Five children. Okay. And and what yeah. ages are they? Yeah. Um. Well, presently, because two are going to have birthdays soon in the beginning yes. of next year, but presently they're 20, mm-hmm. 20, 19, 18, 15, and 10. Okay, yeah. there's a wide so, range. Yeah, and they're yeah. all, uh, yes. Yeah, we, well, we started when we were young. So. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and what are their um, thoughts on all of this? What how, what do they think? <laughs> so I love that you asked that, though, because we got asked the same question uh, a few years ago. We went on um, Insight a tv show and they asked the same question and we got so much we got lots of backlash about that but it was it was you know it had to fit their narrative um so we've been quite open with our children from when they were born not just about like relating but in terms of like life and sex and i wanted to give them um you know age appropriate information yes but not limit their access to what they were getting so then that they could form you know a fuller picture in their decision, their understanding. So, um, because at different well, ages, think. at different ages, they probably don't want to know certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. So, some they'll go, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, and and my background is in the health industry as well. So, right. um, you know, I would always talk to the kids about their anatomy and physiology yeah. and all those sorts of things, as well as um, you know, sexuality. Um, relationships we would talk about worldly issues that was just how I walk that's how we parent um and um so when as they got older like we had some like I guess it would be rules about how we would operate in terms of having people in our home when the kids were young and things like that because you know we had friends come over and stuff like that so it was about really just um because we want to maintain their security and safety Absolutely. and all those sorts of things while they're growing up as well. Um, and it was really more just a conversation. Um, and because we had been so open with them about everything in life throughout, it was just like, okay, well, there are so many different ways to love, you know, and, and those were the, um, that those were just the discussions that we had. And, um, and because of we've been open about sexuality and things like that, it, it was like normal for them. Yes. They just grew up knowing that mum liked girls as well as yeah. other people, you know, and, and things like that. So it wasn't not normal. And like, for instance, my 10 year old, um, he understands that I, that we're married, but we don't live together anymore. And he also knows that I have other partners mm-hmm. and he knows that dad loves this person, but he doesn't see it in, like it just makes sense to him but he also knows that there are people that only have one person 
Yeah. And so it's um yeah, it was um it's quite sweet. It actually. widens um, their scope, doesn't it? It widens their possibilities. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. And I think this yeah, generation and, is um way more accepting than past generations. Like oh, our kids 100%. are just so accepting yeah. of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um I love like honestly, um my kids have been such biggest teachers to me as well. I have um two kids that are um gender diverse, or probably three actually. Yeah, three kids that are like kind of gender diverse in terms of um of their expression. Yes. And how they identify and things like that. And and um that's like I'm super happy and proud about that because that's what I wanted that was my aim, our aim teaching them growing up yeah was for them to feel into their own expression yeah and to be who they wanted to be and they didn't need to fit a specific thing um and I my think eldest it, son told th- me yeah it's really lovely that, that that um more um children are able to be uh, you know able to transition or be non-binary or do whatever they want now you know yeah feel that they can express yeah. themselves and I, I, that's exactly right. It's about having the ability to choose. Choose. It's not yeah. like, okay, well, this is what, yeah, you were this is told what it you is were. and this is how you are. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what were you saying? Yeah. And you're, that's what I found. Um, you were going to tell something about oh, your son. I was son. just saying that my son, yeah, my son had had a couple of friends come to him after school, after they'd finished school and, you know, ask for advice, like, how did you come out to your parents and stuff? And, and he's like, I never really had to, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> and that was really heartwarming hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh yeah that was really heartwarming i've had lots of um lots of my they, my kids friends come and chat with me and things like that about how they talk to their parents and how do they tell them and and that um uh two of my kids um uh they i they they use labels of polyamorous just because they've adapted they've adopted okay. those sorts of things i haven't one of my other kids is like nah I'm, um, he's, he's monogamous, but he's, he says he's also biromantic. So, you know, like okay. I, I, I love the way that they, they understand who they are yeah. and they also know that they can, they can change if they want. They're not, they're not stuck. Yeah. What a beautiful yeah. gift you've given them to feel free Thank to you. express. Yeah. Yeah. And also safe in who they are. Yes. Yeah. In whatever choice they make. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. It's been my third child has been um so helpful um in their own exploration and understanding of who they are in what they've taught me. Um mm. just it's been like you said, kids these days they're just they're so they're much more open. Um yes. you know, and I've learnt lots off them as yeah, well yeah. Been back and forth. It's been yeah, amazing. Same. I've learned a lot from my mm. kids too. <laughs> yeah, how many kids do you have? Um two. Uh yeah, they're yeah. 20, how old are they? Twenty seven and twenty five. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. It's good when you um when they get to that age and you're like, Yeah, I don't know, I love hanging like it's yeah, it's it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm watching them like come into themselves like fully themselves yeah yeah <laughs> um is there anything else you'd like to add um oh gosh i know that i'll probably hop off and i'll be like oh i could have talked about this, <laughs> talk about this. um 
like I said, I could probably do an entire mini series around that. I mean, yeah. I get asked questions a lot, and I'm sure you do as well. You know, like how can you do that? What about if you get jealous? Da, 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 all those things. Look, um, that's a whole nother series. <laughs> that's a whole nother series. I think it's um, it's it's a working yeah. progress, isn't it? It's kind of like you just navigate yeah. it as you go and it, yeah. the, uh, the main thing is communication yeah. talking about your feelings and yeah I, I think the one thing that is pretty prevalent at the moment for me has been for the last couple of years um is within my own personal journey spirituality whatever you would call it um I noticed there's some themes around you know love and how people relate and the importance of you know connection and divine love and all of these other sorts of labels and things and and um <clears throat> they talk about energies and masculine and feminine and and these sorts of labels and stuff and why i understand that they are useful for some people i also feel that they are very exclusatory of a lot of people that don't necessarily fit within that framework yes but yet also experience love and have those things and um that's something that i'm quite passionate about at the moment have like i said have for the last couple of years is um yeah it's really challenging that those ideals within not only the spiritual community but within that that there is this hierarchy of of love and you know um that you can only experience you know that alchemized heightened thing with only one person and this this sort of stuff um yeah um yeah that's probably one of the things that's been on my heart a lot lately um i don't like how a whole heap of people are being excluded excluded because they don't fit the male female um you know yeah exactly uh you know, yeah, boundary. Men are masculine, yeah. women are feminine, all that sort of stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. it's very, um, you know, pigeonhole type thing. You know, um, even within like um, expressive tantric communities and stuff, like we have masculine and feminine energy within us. Why do we need to call it that in the first place? And what about people that don't identify as a man or a woman, and they're somewhere in between, or they're whatever that? You know, like why? Um, you know, don't don't invalidate their experience because it doesn't fit that. So how do we how do we encompass that all, or how do we be respectful of all of those models and and all of people's ways of expressing? So yeah, that's something that I'm um, exploring um, mm. a lot the last couple of years. So, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Passionate about it, chat about it, yeah. Yeah. But there is masculine and feminine in all of us, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I just feel like, I'm just saying, I'm just it saying can, that it's the label that's been used it's to it. Altered. Yeah, and it's the filtered. framework that it's been yeah. set around. Yeah, for a really, really long time, it's been man, woman. Yeah. And, you know, these sorts of things is very, like, that's a stereotype sort of thing. And what I'm saying is, is yes. that with, it, with the progression of human society and human evolution, and like you were saying before about our younger kids just growing up being already opened that, like, we need to adapt to that. We need to be inc more inclusive of those people, with, with of people's experiences and not negate them. So, yeah. So yeah. it just, they, so they kind of, going. the feminine and the masculine flow into each other a bit more easily. Yeah, within yeah. each individual person and who are however you identify with that. So, but what I have 
um, which has kind of like activated things within me, even triggered me in some some senses. There's been people that I have um, wanted to model or learn from or look up to that have not necessarily included my model of the world, which in the beginning I um, was quite upset about. I was like, oh, hang on, but why can you do that? Because they had had an experience of open relating in some degree and it wasn't for them. So, you know, like, and I was like, okay, well then that's not for me, but I feel that there needs to be more representation. I mm. think, um, I think that's where I'm going with that. So, yeah. And just, um, yeah, just challenging that model. Yeah. What I like to do is just think outside of the box. Yeah. <laughs> it happens naturally. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. Just, when you were saying that, I was thinking about, um, kind of the energy behind like either masculine or feminine and um and it's like stepping into that and like like your evolved state it's like really hyping Mm -hmm. it up and just seeing how that fits you know and what 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 comes up yeah yeah well I think I tend to use I tend to use like more structure and flow you know, in, ter- in in replacement for masculine and feminine um, in terms of the energy, because it is really like chaos and structure or creativity and, um, and framework, you know, and yes. every human being has those energies within them, you know. Um, yeah, that's a good way yeah. of looking at it. It's just, yeah. yeah, and then and everyone has their way of, ex- of expression in that. You know, I want to break down the stereotypes of women are here to be feminine and yeah. men are here to be masculine and, you know, and those sorts of things because we're both that. Yeah. So, Yin yeah. and yang. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. it. And it didn't, yeah. A little bit Multiple of the other. Uniforms. And... Call it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Call it <laughs> apple and orange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. Um, well, um, uh, probably that's a good note to finish on, do you think? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> a, a little I'm bit. I'm uh, happy to have more chats with you about it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Um, okay. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, just mention your business. Um, yeah, so um, my business is called Light of Expression okay. and I do therapy and mentoring um and embodiment work yeah so i also nice. teach meditation and do workshops and retreats and things like that as well and you um, live in yeah. adelaide yes yeah i'm based in adelaide south australia yeah. yeah nice and um people can find me on instagram and facebook um underscore linith l-i-n-i-t-h underscore or my website lightofexpression.com great well thank you so much lynn today it's been amazing um i've really enjoyed it yeah, thank chat. you <laughs> yeah yeah very good yeah i really love chatting about it like i said it's um i could go on you <laughs> <laughs> could talk about it i think for days <laughs> yeah. well you'll have to come back <laughs> oh for sure thanks so much for having me thank you if you would like to delve into yourself and find your true you, contact me via the booking service in my bio on Instagram, Awakenings with Anwen, for a free 30-minute discovery call.
you do have the answers. You just need to tap into your inner truth and intuition.